don't ever forget this. It sounds funny, but I really mean it. You know, I said this jokingly before. If they say a man is using something, you should never be impressed again. Are you getting my point? Yes. You know what I mean by somebody using something? Yes. I say, man, how that man hmm, is using, using jazz. That's why he gets that kind of result. Please, don't say it again. Not because people don't do such things. But most, most times we say things like that. We have this little bit of and a feeling of awe or, you know, um, how do I use the word now? Regard. You won't do it, but yes, respect. That's the word. There's a bit of respect for that thing. Do you understand? You, you wouldn't do it, but your mind thinks that the man has a kind of power the average man does not have. And it's not good thinking. If a man is using something, it should let you know that you have something stronger to use. So they say this man is getting results because he's using something. You say, why is my own something not working more than his own? After all, my something is more powerful. Amen? Life is not fair. Are you getting my point? It's not equal. All fingers are not equal. Christian fingers are longer than normal. <laughs> are you getting my logic? Yes, yes, because we have power with God. It, the problem we have a lot of times as believers is that we don't realize it. We don't talk like it. Do you understand? The other day I was telling Bishop that somebody was annoying me. So I said, Bishop, let me go and see this man. You know what I'm going to tell him? I said, I'm going to tell him that if he's not careful, I will report him to God. Now, I'm using that one to just explain something to Christians. We, we actually use jazz. Are you getting my point? We, we use juju. Yes, that's what Christians don't get. It's just our own juju is not the type that people are using. Our own is open to everybody. It doesn't cost anything because somebody has paid everything. I, I hope you're getting my point. Uh, but what we just need to do, I just want to say that again and again. You, you know, because sometimes we say it, people think you are joking. But one of the things we must learn to do is to bring the gospel to reality. The fact is that there is power in the word of God. And it's available to the believer. So if other people are using something, this is our own something. Are you getting my point? Like I said before, it has its own do's and don'ts. It has. There are things. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord do what? Uh-huh, that's our don't. Those are the things that spot the power. Those are the things that spot the power in our own something. When we don't depart, the, the, you know, the, the power spoils. It spoils. It does not work. You shout, come out. It says, I'm not going anywhere. Why? You say, who are you? Are you getting my point? Uh-huh, they don't recognize. Those are the things. That, those are the problems. That, but the one I want to just remind us again of is the way we talk in life is very, very crucial. Talk like people that have power behind them. We must do that. We must talk like people that have power behind us. We don't react to situations. You know, I was thinking, well, I'm going to read that again today. We won't finish declaring the word of God. All right, that Romans chapter 12. You know, we, we, you know, Christians sometimes, when we see tribulations, when we see trials, we react as if we don't have power, all right, behind us. We must talk like people that have God on their side. We must talk. I mean, even when you have of security problems, not what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We, we pray. And the God that used to guard his people. I remember when the Philistines gathered. They said, yes, all, the, all of Israel have gathered in one place. Let's now finish them once and for all. Someone said, don't worry about them. <laughs> I think God sent thunder and hail and scattered the Philistines. Then God sent. Someone just looked and said, don't worry. Let's do our business. Don't worry about these people. And then God sent 
natural disaster against those who were gathered against Israel. That God is not asleep. He's not dead. He's not asleep. He's not dead. He's alive and well. I went to all of that just trying to tell Christians. Listen, you must watch how you use your words. You must watch how you respond to things in life. Because if we don't respond properly, I keep on saying this again and again. If the Lord Jesus could allow Peter to sink in front of him, and when he finally shouted, help me, what did he say to him? Why did you doubt? Where's your faith? And when these people were crying at the time, he said, where's your faith? People can throw their faith away. Now, if the Lord will allow Peter to sink right in front of him, it means no matter how much he wants to bless somebody, if he does not find faith in the heart, we are going down. Are you getting my point? Let's rise to our feet. Let's declare the word of God. Like people that have power on their side. For those who are not used to it, like I was saying earlier, if you ever hear of cults, this is the, one of the meeting places of the deepest cult on the earth. And I'm a, I'm a very active member. Amen? amen? If you're an active member of a cult, say amen. amen. Very good. Our cult is called the confraternity of who? Of Christ. Yes. We are members of his body. I say it all the time. We eat flesh and we drink blood. And we don't eat the flesh of sinners. Or drink the HIV infected blood. <laughs> it's the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's except to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have no life in you. But we have life in us. Amen? Amen. Which means we eat his flesh and we drink his blood. So we are blood drinkers and flesh eaters. All the witches you hear about, they are matures. They don't know how to chew. Are you getting my point? <laughs> we are the ones that really know how to do it. All right, the Lord is good. So every meeting, we declare our incantations, which is the word of God. With this one, we control our understanding. With this one, we control the will of God. That is, we control our lives to make sure it's conformed with the will of God. So let's declare the word of God one, two, as we start studying. One, two, go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me life and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. I said, Amen. The most important thing that that word is doing is making us more and more like the Lord Jesus. And once we become exactly like him, life responds to us the way we used to respond to him. I said to us before, if Jesus said anything by, in quote, accident, just as if it's not serious, just said it, that thing comes to pass. That thing comes to pass. He looked at a tree, and the tree disappointed him, and he said to the tree, nobody will eat of your fruit again. He was not planning to check on that tree. He did not think about that tree a second time. The tree was not a prayer point. But because he uttered words, what happened was the tree had to die. And this is one that I want to emphasize to us again. When we talk about total faith, I explained it then. You see, everything in your life know how you respond. You have a headache. 
Don't just get up and say, hey, I don't know. This headache has been troubling me for four days. What could it be? Do you know a neurologist? No one Christians call me. That's the thing. Do you know a neurologist? Why? I've been having this headache. It's like six weeks now. It has not gone away. I've taken Panadol. I've taken Ibuprofen. I've taken anti-malarias. It is still there. Do you know a neurologist? What's the neurologist supposed to do? Come and find out what is wrong. And that is, whatever he says, you will believe it. If he says, I checked, you have a pilocystic astrocytoma. That's it. I understand the prayer points. So what's the first prayer point? I want you to cancel the word pilocytic astrocytoma. And the pastor doesn't even know what that is. <laughs> Say, you pilocytic astrocytoma, I speak until you come out. What am I going to say? When the headache disturbed the Lord Jesus, all right, in the tree, he said, no one will eat of your fruit again. How should we respond? The headache, tell it, no one, I will not eat of your fruit again. What is the fruit? You don't let me sleep well. What is the fruit? You let me go to miss work. What is the fruit? You want to disturb my soul, all right? When you say that, what happens? Remember, Jesus just looked at the tree. He didn't tell the tree, die. He just said, nobody will eat your fruit again. By saying to that headache like that, it is possible. You will have killed the astrocytoma before the doctor had the opportunity of diagnosing it. Are you getting my point? That's what I mean, that when we become more and more like the Lord Jesus, life responds to us the way it responded to him. Remember, there was a time he was broke, but they came to him and said, pay some taxes, and he did not have money for it at that time. So he, said, he just looked and said, where is money? And the Holy Spirit let him know that money has been swallowed by fish. So he said to Peter, go and meet the fish. Tell him to return our offering. Are you getting my point? <laughs> and Peter went there, cast a hook in the water. One fish dutifully swam up. Peter collected it, opened his mouth, removed the money. It was just enough to pay for Peter and for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did that lest we give them offense. Even though what they are doing is wrong, they're not supposed to tax us, but lest we give them offense. Yet, are you getting my point? Just for a trivial thing like that, God responded. So when the word is making us more and more like the Lord Jesus, at the point of your need, listen, God will come through for you. Amen. Are you getting my point here? It will not happen that you will be at a point of need and God will not come through. It will not happen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is good. Let's sit down quickly. Let's look at the word of God briefly. Talking about keeping the faith up. Or I began to talk a few days ago. This is our school of prayer. What I want to talk about today briefly. is nothing new. Just the same thing. Because it's a prayer matter. Remember we read from that book of Mark chapter 5. A man came to the Lord Jesus. Please come. My son, my daughter is sick. Come and, seriously sick, of course. Come and pray for her that she might be well. On the way, there was distraction because a woman was also being ministered to. Then the Lord now said, that the people now came from the house and told the man, don't trouble the master anymore. The child has died. And then Jesus overheard them and said to him simply, don't worry about the news. Don't be overcome with anxiety. Don't let fear rule you. Don't respond to what is happening the way the flesh wants you to respond. What are you supposed to do? Just keep on believing. That's Mark chapter 5. That's verse um, 36. 
said, don't be afraid. Keep on believing. I like what the Amplified said. Very interesting. Let's just read it again. In the Amplified Bible, it says it like this. Um, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. And when that man held on to the word of the Lord Jesus, he saw the miracle that, that the word contained. He kept on believing, and when they got to his house in verse 41, after Jesus had put everybody out, he took the child by the hand and said to the child, Little girl, I say to you, get up. What I want to talk about today is the fact that even the dead, they hear the words of the Lord Jesus. And listen to me, if his words are on your lips, the dead will hear it also. That's what I want to talk about. He said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Usually when somebody is dead, let me give you a scientific discovery I just made. Usually when somebody is dead, the ears don't work again. The person can't hear again. It's a scientific discovery. If you don't believe me, go to the market, go and get a fish and kick it. If it's a dead fish, it won't move. You can go and buy a fowl and kill it and tell it, Shh, see whether it will respond. It won't move. What am I going to say? Things that are dead normally don't have ears. However, if it's the word of God that's been spoken, no matter the situation of that thing, it has ears. That's what I want to emphasize. Now, people that were, that, uh, the human beings that were dead, they had ears. But the other thing is that even things that have never had physical ears, they have ears when the word of God is coming forth. We must get this point clear. Now, let's bear that in mind. I want us to just back up. Um, that's why we've been looking at talking about keeping the faith up. I will come back to this matter in a moment. But I feel like reading that Romans chapter 12 that we read last time. Please, let's just read it again. And then we'll pray. Especially because when I was reading that Romans chapter 12, I discovered that he emphasized on devotion to prayer. After Paul listed a lot of gifts and callings, in verse 9 he said, Let love be without hypocrisy. Above what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. He said, give preference to one another in honor. He said, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Uh, let me just complete verse 14 and then into verse, um, I just want to read some more anyway. He said, bless those who persecute you. If they are Muslims, still bless them. Bless and do not curse. He said, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. I just read all of that, okay, just to complete the reading of that section. Actually, what I want from there is when he said, but in the early parts, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, and devoted to prayer. Now, that's the one I just want to bring out. There are certain traits that the Bible says that Christians must exercise themselves in. For example, this issue of tribulation, trials, troubles. Christians must learn how to persevere, not how to escape. How to persevere is very important when there is trouble. That's what he said here. He now said we must be devoted to prayer. That thing is, it struck me since I read it last week. 
I've heard, we read this portion again and again. But this time around, it just struck me that Paul said Christians must be devoted to prayer. And I'm now asking myself, what does it mean to be devoted to prayer? Jesus taught men ought always to pray and not to get tired. Paul said, pray without ceasing. All right? When you look at this, all these um, um, commandments, all these admonitions of the New Testament, what the Lord was saying essentially to us is this. The power for us to release, I mean, the way by which we release the power of God that is available to us is through prayer. Now, it is important we learn to pray effectively. And that's why we've been doing this school of prayer. So that people can understand that there is a method. Now, what I'm talking about today, all right, specifically is the fact that things have ears and how we should pray all the time, expecting God to manifest his power in our prayer. Are you getting my point? Let me quickly say this. One of the things I think is um, it confuses Christians is that when we have this prayer time thing. Now, listen, please don't get me wrong. Prayer time is not wrong. After all, we gather here, so let's come and learn to pray. And then um, for, for co-workers, uh, 4.30 every Saturday, we pray for some time before the meeting starts, all right? We pray. So prayer is important. We set that time. It's good to wake up during the night and pray. But I want to just explain something again to us today, that prayer is not just a time. If we have this time of prayer mentality, Christians often have this behavior outside the time of prayer that kills every prayer they prayed in the time of prayer. So in effect, there's nothing they have prayed about. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I, I, I hope you follow my point. That is when it's time to pray, we kneel down. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But when it's not prayer time, we look at our boss. Our eyes are upon the physical person. You, you know, without this man, we are all dead. All right? In this country, if we don't have the right head of state, we are all dead. In this country, if I don't get a job, then we'll get the time of prayer. We say, no, a job is not my source. I kneel down. My Father, who art in heaven, you will give me this day my daily bread. But when I get up from there, I get to work. Have they paid salary? No. How will somebody eat? This kind of wicked people we have in this country, they don't even have respect for other people's feelings. This is now, now, then you complain, complain, complain. It's time of prayer. You go back to the, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, give us this day our daily bread. Then you go to the office next day, have they paid salaries again? No. There cannot be food. How will somebody eat? Are you getting my logic here? At the time of prayer, we pray properly. Then the time that's off prayer, we think our words are not important. I made a statement here about two weeks ago. I said words are not expressions of opinions only. They are the methods by which spiritual power is released. Don't ever forget that. Words don't just express your opinion. Don't ever forget it. Anytime you want to talk, you want to speak, especially you are talking to situations, you are responding to things, you are a parent, you are talking, about, you are talking to your children, or you, if, so only you have authority. You are a pastor, you are talking to your church people. You are a husband, you are talking to your wife. You know, you are, and you are a citizen, you are talking to your nation. Don't ever forget. You are not just expressing your opinion. You are releasing spiritual power. That's why if you ever hear my um, teaching on when I say name your child and, and name your wife, it's also in the book, um, uh, should I say yes? Which, if you have the, uh, the, the soft version, it's in two books. So it's in the second one, which is titled, um, God is the match. No, no. Number one is God is the matchmaker. Second one is what? Fundamentals of Christian marriage. Yes. I discussed it in there. When God spoke to Adam, all right, and he told Adam, you know, when you read in that Genesis chapter three, that God brought every animal to Adam to name, all right? You think that Adam just gave it, you, know, you dog, you cow. No. 
is far beyond that. But I don't want to talk about the animals now. What I want to talk about is Eve. When God now brought Eve to Adam, it was the same way he brought every other creature to him to give a name. Because as soon as Adam saw, Adam responded and gave a name. He said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And said, a woman she shall be called. The name came from Adam. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? And in fact, if you, when I teach at weddings, if I have to give um, a sermon at a wedding, that's really what I teach upon. So you have to be careful what you call your wife now. Can I digress? A lot of single guys in the house. <laughs> you have to be very, very careful. Now you practice it before that day. You know, you have to make it a habit. It's not, you know, you sit down with men and say, hey, you can never trust women. Hmm. Once you marry a woman, hmm, make sure you have enough money because, you know, you all come and finish your money. And you keep on saying that. Listen, it is to you according to your faith. You will marry a spendthrift woman. She will come into your house and finish your money. <laughs> and you will say, I said it. And everybody in the heavens will say, yes, you said it. <laughs> but you are thinking that I said it. You see, I predicted rightly. No, they said we only confirmed that which you said. When I was a young man, when you talk to people in the office and all of that, they'll tell you all kinds of... They'll now start telling you stories. Bad, bad stories of bad, bad girls. When they told me that, I referred them to what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. If you read Ecclesiastes chapter 7, Solomon said it. That yes, there are bad ones. Their hands are chains. Their heart is a snare. Or no one is a hair. He said, oh God, that some are worse than Jezebel. It's there in the Bible. He said, but the man who, is, who, is, uh, who fears God shall be delivered. So I remember what I said to one brother who was discussing with me then. It was a pastor. In fact, what he said was that we met somewhere. And he said, because we used to share, you know, they came from a particular ministry to come and prepare for some crusades. And I was working with the church that was cooperating with them during my holidays. So... Me and two other pastors used to go around together to go and check this, check that. We just move around together. So we used to talk about the word of God. Just by the way, let me digress a bit. That's how long that look. These funny pastors are very funny. These guys, that's the only job they did. That I was a resident. And I'll be saying things I've never heard before. And I'm like, what are you people doing with your time? This is the only job now. I mean, you should be there studying, reading. How come, come I'm the one that's educating you on what's happening anyway? One of those days, yeah, that one of them was so impressed by me and all of that. He came to the side. He said, you came from Lagos, eh? I said, yes. He said, and you're not married? I said, no. That I'm not married. He said, hey, be careful of Lagos sisters, though. <laughs> that was the counsel he gave me. You're in Lagos, shine your eyes, though. Those women, they are dangerous, you know, that kind of thing. I said, don't worry. Then I opened my Bible for him to that portion of the book of Ecclesiastes. I read it out to him like that, and I said, even, I remember the statement. I said, my brother, even if I'm in the midst of a million Jezebels, I won't marry one. He said, amen, it's true. Praise God. You know that kind of first one. <laughs> but he was really worried for me. And I didn't know why he was worried. I mean, <laughs> the Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. Now, what I'm, gonna, I'm going to emphasize something here. So we must recognize that life responds. Even things that are dead, they respond to our words. We know the story. Let's not bother reading it now. Okay, let, well, 
we know the story very well now. The one in Mark chapter 11 we've been referring to. The Lord Jesus walked to that tree and spoke to the tree. Trees normally don't hear, they don't have ears, all right, physically speaking. And dead people don't have ears. When the Lord Jesus spoke to Lazarus, Lazarus responded. When he spoke to this little girl, she responded. When he spoke to a tree, the tree responded. And what I want to emphasize is that every talk we are talking, everything we are saying every time, things are responding to them. That's what I want to remind us of again today. That's why I've been explaining that we should be careful to make sure that when we are talking, we magnify God. We don't magnify our circumstances. We discussed that last time. We must be very, very careful to magnify him. I like one thing I think was Andrew Womack that said it. That um, Anyway, I've heard it from different people, but I think the one I remember is Andrew Womack. He said that don't talk to God about your situation alone. Talk to the situation about God. That thing is not a joke. I mean, practice it literally. You should bring out your checkbook. <laughs> oh, no, your ATM card. Do you see use checkbooks? This is now online. Okay, bring out your phone. Open your app, your GT app, Access Bank, whatever be your own. Open the app. Say, let's have a discussion. <coughs> Let me tell you the truth. Until you have done things that make you look like you are mad, you are not ready for God yet. I mean that literally. People should look at you and wonder what you are doing. It's very important. Your father should enter your room one day, or your friend should enter where you are one day, and say, what are you doing? And they should wonder, have you gone crazy? Say, what is he doing? He's talking to his phone. You know, assuming your mother, you're at home. You went to visit. Your mother peeps, wanted to come and see you in the morning, but unfortunately, you didn't see her come. Then she sees you talking on the table, and she wants to check what you are talking to. And since your phone is open, and your GT app is open, and you're having conversation with your bank account, so let me tell you about God. <laughs> then your mother steps out and is getting worried. Goes to call your father. <laughs> when that happens, then know you are ready for a breakthrough. I'm telling you. The day that happens, just know you have made it. You enter your shop in the morning. You own a shop, you sell things. And then, maybe one of your staff came early and sees you talking to your goods. You go to a shelf and you are addressing goods and services. <laughs> you are talking to, and like I said, you are not speaking desire because that's something I have learned. No, 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 no. It's very important. It's, it's, it's crucial because the word of God is more powerful than your desires. No, the word of God is much more powerful. Much more powerful. You just get there and you start saying to the things. Read scripture sometimes that they can't even understand normally, but the Holy Spirit will help them understand. They will interpret it to them. Just carry the scripture. Go there, say, you're looking at a shelf of, um, as you are selling building equipment, uh -huh, building materials. And you are talking to building materials, cement and nails. And you are saying to them, listen, I'm your boss. And this is the word of the Lord to you and me. Be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. And you turn around, be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth, have dominion. Whatever I put my hands to do, I prosper. In all that I do, I prosper. He makes all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency. In all, and you are talking to material things. You know what will happen? Somebody in your shop will sneak to the next shop and say, come. 
They come and say, say, hey, this man don't be decreed. They, once you turn and I see three people gathered and they are staring at you, just no breakthrough has come. They must, look, a Christian walking by faith at certain times will look like a mad person. I told you the first time I hear a brother declaring the word of God to himself, I left the room. I wasn't used to it that time. He went to read book. He brought book out and he was talking, talking loud. I wasn't used to people talking to themselves. I was just used to people praying and then people giving quiet. But talking to themselves, normal people didn't do it. So I gently wore my slippers and left the room before the brother turns on me. <laughs> but years later, I realized that he was the same person. I was the one that had the problem. I hope you're getting my point. We're talking about the fact that we are devoted to prayer. That's why I read that portion. You are devoted to prayer. Things have ears. We must make it a habit. He, he said devoted to prayer. I, you know, in the last few days, I was just sitting in the house. I had to put it on my phone. If you put my phone on, you see to scroll past. Devoted to prayer. How can a man be? Is it that you just say, in the name of Jesus? You'll be speaking in tongues. You can do all of that. There's nothing wrong with it. But I think... What is most important, that's my understanding for now, is this habit of talking the word of God all the time and talking to things, knowing that they are responding. Yeah. Knowing that they are responding. I said earlier, listen, words are not just the expression of your ideas, of your opinions. They are the ways by which the power of God is released. Learn. To respond to every situation with what the Lord has said. That's why you have to fill your heart eh, with the knowledge of God's word. You want to travel they say, ah, on that road, hey, that was where Flanny Hesmer killed some people. Though. On that road, there was an robbery attack. On that road, a bridge collapsed and a luxury bus fell into the river. And 72 people died. And they said they died with emphasis. The immediate human reaction is, what are we going to do now? Which other road can we pass? That's the human reaction. Or, of course, some people want to travel. <laughs> they hear that a plane crashed. Where's the plane crashed last? Which country is that one? Okay, the Egypt here, right? Yes, the one from Paris to... Yes, the one, yes, the one coming from Paris, yes. They hear that one. Ah, nothing that is flying safe in this country. The man said, let me just go to Autosta. Let me just go and take a bus. Listen, let's not even analyze the details of what, which one is safer, which one is not safer. Is that response I'm talking about? We're talking about devoted to prayer. Anything you hear must be a cause of prayer. And what is prayer? It's not just God, keep me safe. No, no, not request now. It's simple. You hear news, you must counteract news with news. You get my point? I said before, faith does not mean we don't know what's happening. Faith, we knows, faith means we know something else that is happening that most people don't know. So when you hear of the troubles on the road, this is a prayer immediately. You respond, from, seven, from six troubles, yes, from seven, he will deliver me. It's a prayer. No evil shall befall me. That's a prayer. It's just a declaration. You are responding to news that you heard. The angels of the Lord encamp around me. They deliver me from all troubles. Are you getting my point? That's prayer. That's what I mean by devoted to prayer. 
So you find that like that, you can pray 50 times in one day. And you have not yet set any time for prayer. Because news come to you every time. I remember once, I told you I was sitting somewhere. And the lady wanted to talk to me. They were campaigning. Like now, enemy in Enuguna is campaigning now. Everywhere. If any doctor says, hello, excuse me, cross the road, his vote is looking for. So that day, <laughs> one lady, we were doing ARD elections. She too, she was campaigning. So she came to where I was, wanted to talk to me. So I turned just to, you know, so she said, oh, did I scare you? I still remember the way I answered. I said, scare me? Scare me? Nothing is big enough to scare me. She said, yes, amen, because she got out. This guy is a bro. <laughs> he said, yes, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I said, for that, you have my vote. Don't bother campaigning again. <laughs> I have given you my vote. <laughs> I'm talking about devoted to prayer. Instant, no, things come up every time. You will hear news every time. You will hear news every time. What do I mean by devoted to prayer? Instantly turn around and give it the news of God. I said something the other day, that if you think about it, four people that you sit with, and we did the exercise here, say mentally just think about who are the four people I hang out with. If they are not believers, forget it, change, change them. Your faith is going down, it's not going up. What I'm going to emphasize, you need people that when things come up, they respond with the word of God, all right? They, they call and say, oh, I, I heard this happen. And instantly they start telling you what God says about it. That's what I mean by devoted to prayer. It must be a habit. This WhatsApp that we have, let me give you another you know, injunction. Stop forwarding this so-called call to prayer. They are not called to prayer, they are called to alarm. They are called to fear. I get them all the time. Some quarrel is burning that's been circulating for eight years. Some people will buy a phone today. They get it for the first time. And they think they have a Christian duty to let you know that Joyce Mayer says you pray for Christians in Quarosh or whatever it is. Whether it exists or not, we don't know. But one day I'm sure Joyce Mayer knows nothing about it. And that place has been burning for the last six years or so. When it gets to my phone, God is my witness. I have never forwarded one. So you are you're supposed to make people pray. I said they, they won't pray. They become afraid. They become fearful. There are people, there are times I hear news, I know who to call, I know who can pray. All this broadcasting thing is a lie. You are generating alarm, you are not generating faith, you are not generating prayer. How many people do you think know how to pray out there? I mean, you talk to a man like my friend I tell you about all the time, when there was crisis, you'll be forwarding that to him. So what are you telling him? You're telling him to run. Ah, those are the ones I call him, ah, Man of God, how are you doing? I'm fine. How's everybody? He says, fine. Okay, no, just talk about what God is doing. Talk about the word of God. Talk about things generally. We never discuss Islamic threats. It's against his religion. It's against my religion too. According to him, they should be discussing the Christian threat. That this discussion of Islamic threat is what makes Christians weaker and Islam stronger. That let the Muslims be discussing Islamic, uh, the Christian threat. That is what strengthens faith. doesn't mean we are careless. No, that's not what it means. It means when we drop the phone, we start praying. We declare God's word. But don't provoke panic everywhere. Which is what Nigerians do these days. Every little thing, you know, they broadcast it everywhere. 
As a Christian, most of the people who are praying, they are not praying. They are afraid. Because prayer means you lift up the word of God. Most of those who are praying, how many of them bother to pray for those who are persecuting them? No. The prayer is, ah, God, they will die. That's what they pray. Jesus said, no, 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 don't pray like that. Pray. It doesn't mean, I told you, God knows when to judge people. He knows when to judge people. I was telling the story earlier. A man of God went to a sultan that was persecuting Christians and said, the Lord said, you had better stop that. The man didn't hear. The Lord removed him. I'm not kidding. These are real things that happen. Let nobody give you the impression that if Nigeria is just a mistake, any country is just a mistake. God says, this is his word. If my people inside there will do what is right, say what is right, think what is right, and pray the right prayers, they will see me move all the time. In case you do not know it, Christians have the capacity to cripple the hand of God. He gave us that right. The Bible says they tempted God in the wilderness and limited the Holy One of Israel. He wanted to take them into a promised land. They said, we are not able. And God said, that's right, you can't. Why? You said so. If you had just agreed with me, you would have entered the promised land. It would have been well with you. It would have been well with your children. What am I emphasizing today? We must bear it in mind. We say we are devoted to prayer. Things around are hearing. Are you getting my point? When you hear the news of an epidemic, you hear for Ebola. Tell Ebola about God. Tell Ebola about God. I told you once I was listening to radio, and I heard, heard the Reverend Sister say, preach glaucoma the way you preach the word of God. I said, if I were the Pope, I sack you, sack your mother superior, sack, <laughs> dissolve the order that will let you say this. No, I'm serious. How can you compare the preaching of hell with, what kind of joke is that? Honest, thank God I'm not the Pope. And I didn't, as a Pope, I tuned in that day. I placed a call straight to the Archbishop of Nigeria. Sack that reverend sister, sack her mother superior, and dissolve the order. <laughs> the Lord is good. All the time. What am I say? Listen, we must learn. Things respond to God's word. We must learn. When you talk about devoted to prayer, it means we respond to every situation. Are you getting my point? With something that God has said. That's, that's devotion to prayer. That's devotion to prayer. Things have ears. They have ears. We read the scriptures now. Jesus looked at a dead girl and said, I say to you, arise. The girl got up. Even though we know dead people don't hear normally. In fact, there was one particular dead one. Interesting guy. Not only was he dead. They, they, you know, they held him properly. They wrapped him properly. And he just stood outside and said, Lazarus, come forth. He that was bound showed up at the door. How did he get there? Thing was shuffling like this. No. The power in the words lifted him up, dragged him out, and dropped him there. He now said, lose him and let him go. He couldn't go before. Things have ears. I was saying earlier, we must do crazy things. You bring out your phone app, if that's what you want to read, or your ATM card. Something to res, res, you know, represent your finances. Or you're a businessman, you bring out your card, a picture of your office. And you sit down and start talking to the situation about God. I'm not praying, I'm just discussing. I want you to know my business, let's talk about God. 
before you were born, I knew you. <laughs> you know, sometimes, when you're using scripture, you have to use crazy things that you wonder what they're talking about. If you see the apostles quote Old Testament scripture sometimes, you need faith to know, to believe that they know what they are saying. I was reading my Bible this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Something just struck me that Paul was talking. He said, am I speaking according to human sense? He said, no. He said, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that is stretching out the wheat. Now, how does that got to do with a preacher? He said he wasn't talking about a cow. He was talking about preachers. That's how they know how to inter- Well, if you hear Paul quote some scripture, you're like, okay, Paul, how does that apply? But believe me, it applies. Sometimes you want to talk to your business, you just bring out Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void. And darkness was upon the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God began to hover. I hope you are hearing me, business. The Spirit of God began to hover, was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Your business will decide that where there is darkness here, when God said, let there be light, what happened? And you now finish it, and there was light. Business said, there has to be light. How did the tree know how to die? Do you know the answer? You don't. In the same manner, how will your business know there has to be light and to bring light doesn't concern you? What just matters is that you have told the business that nothing is by chance. Everything was created. And the creator said, let there be light. Open to Psalm 23 again. The Lord is your shepherd business because you are my seed. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. Therefore, you shall not want. You will not lack for business, uh, for clients. You won't lack for finances. You will not lack for ideas. All right? You will not lack power. If you need power to run, 